Hi everyone, this is Jessica Chen and you are listening to the Communicating Confidently podcast. Each episode is meant to teach and inspire you to find new ways to level up your speaking skills. Because here's the truth, it's possible and I'm so thrilled you're here. If you enjoyed this podcast, please hit the follow button and share this episode with your friends and family. Now let's get into it. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Communicating Confidently podcast. Today, I have a very special episode with my two good friends, Jim Rogers and Patricia Mabin, and they are CEO, president, and co-founders of 3E Marketing. Their company, they work directly with those in the higher education space. So thinking about today's topic, which is skills for career success, well, they definitely have a lot of fantastic fantastic tips on how you can think about approaching your career and what skills, what specific skills you need to think about to level up how you show up in the workplace. Let's dive into our talk. Hello, Jessica. So for those who don't know, so the funny story between James, Patricia and I, so we actually all connected back in 2018. And this was, I believe it was around when you both first started 3E. It was actually around the time I started Soulcast Media. So all of us were kind of fresh in this industry that we're now in. And it's actually just so fantastic to see both of you. And honestly, this is long overdue. We've been, we've needed to do this. (laughs) Well, when we hear your name, just like you said, we go, oh, when we hear Jessica, we're like, oh, she's great. Just like you said, so... And I wear blue and I try to remember to use my hands. Exactly. (laughs) All the things I talk about, we're trying to wear brighter colors when you're talking and then of course use gestures. So for the audience members who don't know you, uh, Jim and Patricia, please tell the audience a little bit about who you are, the work that you all do. And Patricia, why don't you go first and then we'll throw it over to, to, to James. Sounds good. Sounds good. I do. Uh, I do really appreciate you having us here today. Thank you so much, Jessica. I'm excited to to talk with the crowd and um, answer questions and answer your questions. Um, always a pleasure to to be um, in in your presence, actually. So thank you for having us. I'm Patricia Maben. I'm president and co-founder with my partner here, Jim, of Three Enrollment Marketing. I work uh, out of upstate New York, small little town in a rural area. I'm uh, always proud to talk about upstate New York in lots of ways. I work in my home office. I've been the president of three enrollments since uh, 2019. And prior to that, over 25 years in college marketing, college admissions, those are the the professional streams that I have. Proud mother of three sons um, who are all grown. And uh, Jim is, uh, you know, uh, really an incredible partner. We've got great stories that we love to talk about of how we uh, decided to start a business, how we run a business together. And that partnership is is really valuable and important to both of us and to me especially. So thanks for having me today and happy to answer questions and talk more. Well, Jim, love to hear more about you and your background as well. Sure. Sure. So uh, for the past six, seven, I should look it up years, I've been in higher education as well. Um, co-founded 3E with Patricia, of course, my best friend and also best partner. 
we've come a long way together here. And uh, I also have a previous life that that kind of highlights 3E though, before higher education, I spent 25 years in the tech space. So I grew up on the tech side, the whole internet wave, moving everything online, selling, building, marketing products that were all about technology from ERPs to integration to CRMs, you name it, uh, analytics, all of that. Uh, but then wanted to really turn all of that experience into something I was personally passionate about and do more mission oriented work. And that's where I was able to connect with Patricia. She's an awesome leader, by the way. She's super smart, highly driven. And these are characteristics that are deep inside of our company. And we learn every day, we learn every day. And that's what, one of the things I'm sure we're gonna talk about why we reached out to you in the beginning was we wanted to learn how to get better. And we wanted people at 3E to learn and get better because the only way we're gonna be more, more successful is to get better every day. So here we are. And both of you have that mentality that I really want to dive in today is this mentality of wanting to learn and continuously, mm -hmm. I call up level, right? And, you know, some people may see, well, you know, Patricia, Jim, you're almost at the pinnacle of your career. You know, you started this very successful company. So what more is there to learn, right? You've made it, right? But I'm sure both of you are thinking, oh, gosh, there's still so much for me to, to think about, to learn, to, and I constantly think about this, too. So before we dive into that, I just want to let you all know, we all have over 90 folks who are dialed in right now. So they are eager to talk about this skills for career success. So I want to just start this conversation and, and Patricia and Jim, you know, when you think about the skills needed for people to up level their career to, you know, get that next promotion and, you know, you manage, you both manage a very large team. Like, what do you feel really makes a difference when you're thinking about, okay, if I'm looking at my team, my employees, what characteristics do I want to see that makes one of my employees like very valuable? So uh, Jim, why don't you go first? Why don't you share? What is it that you think about when it comes to the skills needed for success? Well, you know, I did prep a little bit and uh, I did think about these topics and I did write down three things, but I'll, I'll, I'll start off with number one. I'll start off with the number one. Patricia won't be surprised. You won't be surprised. And you're going to feel like, okay, this is because Jessica's in the communication business, but it's, it's not, it's not that people who know me, mm -hmm. I've tried my best every day to, to coach people to focus on internal communications. So there's your career. If I were to step back, there's your career skill set, and there's going to be a couple of different things. I suspect we're going to talk about one side more than the other. There's, the individual role you have and the skills you need to develop. If you want to be a CMO, then you're going to make sure you know about events, about lead gen, about product marketing. These, these are very specific skills to the role you have. But then there are skills, no matter what job you have, no matter what level you are, mm -hmm. that are modern skills today to advance yourself. I would put number one by far is internal communications. And I'll say this, and this, and, you, and you're gonna have to think about it. And then people can even challenge this idea, but I'll say it's it's better to do less and communicate more mm -hmm. than to do more and communicate less. Ah. No matter how often they don't do it. So I coach people all the time that instead of thinking about internal communication as that's I have my job, and then there's these people 
and I need to send them information. And it's sort of like extra work. Instead to think about it as, as part of your job, you should plan a cadence intentionally on all three of them. I use the word intentionally to communicate. There are really basic things. Believe it. For years, I've coached people and very few people do it. But those who do automatically grow in advance. Those who don't, no matter how hard they work, they have trouble advancing. Do you have a weekly status report? Do you have a quarterly update mm -hmm. where you can connect your results to impacting that organization against their strategy? Do you proactively lead an initiative and share the update? Mm -hmm. If you think of that as part of the job, instead of this, oh, they're dumping this on me, yeah. you will stand out by really focusing on internal communications. Are you the first or the last one to respond to questions and emails? We all notice it now intuitively. And those who are, even if you're doing less, but communicating more, it's far better than doing a lot of work that nobody knows about, that nobody can figure out, that no one knows if you're making an impact. And the days of depending on, that's my manager's job. I'll do the work. My manager will solve for all of that. We're highly matrixed, all, not just us, everywhere you work, highly matrixed, highly busy. It's difficult for managers to communicate everything you're doing well. You should own it. If you own it, you'll do you'll do a lot better. Because one of the things that is so true is perception truly is reality when it comes to the workplace. So what you just said, Jim, do less in some regards, do less, but communicate more. You're almost giving that perception that you're engaged, you care, and you're involved. And that's what your manager essentially wants to see. Um, Patricia, is this something that you agree with, like this idea of, you know, communicating, internal communication, showcasing your work? Um, absolutely. Um, I think it's, it's really sharing, it's sharing your work. And um, it's also help, it always helps when you do communicate well, it helps everyone around you focus. So I think that's a really important piece. I'm a I learn every day how to communicate better um, every day. Like you, you mentioned pinnacle of career. I'm like, oh my gosh, I've got so much to learn before I can say that. Like communication, written communication, verbal communication, body language, presence in a meeting. Communication is so much and it includes, it includes what uh, we're talking about, which is outward communication to teams, to managers, you name it, there's communication at, at every level within an organization that's needed. Mm -hmm. So I definitely um, subscribe to that and and work hard to do it well, but I don't do it well every day. And I think for me, you know, with your first question, um, a big one for me is to up level. When you hit the point in your life where you're like, wait, every day, every day is a choice for me how how i choose to spend my day and my time and think about my day is actually a skill when someone realizes that they are control of how their day goes for me was a 
has always been a major shift for me in every career jump I've made is making that conscious choice. I'm going to be optimistic. I'm going to be a problem solver. I'm going to do these things. And that's when you genuinely make that decision every morning, you do grow fast. I, I love that actually, because it's like you're almost seeing and you're going into your daily work with this proactive mentality versus more of this like, you know, crisis management of like, I have a to-do list that I have to finish, but it's more right. like, okay, I want to make a difference. I want to, you know, do a great job. I want to make my manager's job easier because that'll make me look better, right? It's like you're oh. going in with this mentality. So we talked about communications and I would actually even argue, we I mean, we all see the headlines right now, you know, a lot of layoffs, right, at these companies, you know, companies are tightening their budget, things like that. But I almost feel like now is a time that you need to double down. You need to double down on communicating your value almost, right? This is where when companies are thinking about who they want to keep, who they think they can let go, this is where you need to be like, you can't let go of me because I'm so valuable. But how do you do that? You communicate, right? So... Well, I think I think that the um, there's also how to communicate, like clearly are communicating, right? Uh, and Jim and I laugh, and if anyone from our company's on the left when I say this, like how often you hear, "I told you this." Well, <laughs> telling and communicating are two different things, so there is a difference, you know, between talking and sharing information effectively and that's that's a tough one to to know how to do that well very tough and it takes years of practice and it takes training it takes finding good good partners and managers who can help you get better at it it, it is uh it is really challenging to do well yeah i mean you mentioned in some of your i've seen some of your sessions about communicating yourself you're not trying to just raise your hand and say, I'm great, look at what I'm doing. There is some art to the fact that you're communicating with the spirit of letting people know where we are, what we're doing, how it's working, what we're learning and the adjustments. And I find if you're intentional and you have a plan and actually put it on your calendar, it doesn't then look like, oh, I'm just letting you know I'm doing great. That, that can come across well. Like if you have a cadence that says, I send out status reports Friday mornings. This is what's, this is where I'm at. This is where we're going. This, here are some stats. It's not, it's every Friday. Not, it's not every Friday to your stakeholders. If you say every mm -hmm. month or so often, I'm going to summarize the progress we made in order to help everyone advance, you'll be fine. You, they'll know you're doing a good job. You won't need to say I'm doing a good job. You just need right. to be honest about this is the progress we made. This is the bumps that we saw. These are the things that we changed. This is the this is what we're gonna go and spend the time. This is hard, but connect your work to impact. What is the impact that it's making? Not just lists of activities. People, that's the shortcut. I've communicated. I wrote down everything I'm doing. That's that's not really what will advance you. It's turning how that work is impacting whatever it is you're trying to accomplish and being really clear. We're here. We want to get here. This is what we're going to do to get here. I'll be back in a week or a month or a quarter and, you know, we'll advance it again. And if you have a regular cadence, it won't come across as self-promotion, but regular information mm -hmm. and then being open to learning, getting the feedback, 
um, and getting better at communication. It's an ongoing journey for all of us to get better at communication. You touched on a really good point too, Jim. It's it's not even just like the frequency, but it's also what you're saying in the content of your communication. So when you're you suggested, you know, having you know that cadence of communications, but not just listing out in bullet points. Right. I did this. I did this. I did this. It's right. more. It's more. I did this, and that helped this. Right. Exactly. It's kind of like you have to complete that sentence. Right. Yeah. For example, I'm just thinking like, how would this look like? So let's say. If you if your job is to put together like an Excel spreadsheet of information, it's like, yeah, you can say I completed that Excel spreadsheet. You can write that. But why don't you complete that sentence? I I completed the Excel spreadsheet to identify more clients for our organization. Right. Doesn't that sound just so much more substantial? Right. So I think that's a really, really good point. Patricia, did you have something you wanted to add? No, I think you're spot on. It's it's really the context of what you're what you're communicating out that is really super important. Mm -hmm. So one of the things I wanted to ask both of you is when you think about your own communications, right? Mm -hmm. And I love asking my guests this. Did you personally, both of you, did you both feel that this was something that you naturally just knew what to do? Or is this something that you felt like you had to learn along the way? Like, I always like to ask people, like, what their communications journey was. Was it something that came naturally to them? And if so, why do you think that is? If not, how did you go about thinking about improving it? Yeah, that's a good question. Good question. I think um, for... For me, um, direct communication, definitely the, the, direct, the direct verbal communication and eye contact definitely was raised. <laughs> it was, uh, you know, I was, I was raised in, a, a, in a, an environment where direct communication was really valued. Eye contact, um, saying what you think, being positive while you do it. That was definitely something that was taught where in, in my family environment and my school environment. So that whether it came naturally or not, I've been, that's been really since I was very young, written communication, not so much the written communication has definitely been years in the making. Um, even today, my written communication continues to have opportunity for up-leveling. So um, the best training I had in written communication was uh, once in college, um, you know, I had a, a technical background. So technical writing was very helpful for succinct getting to the point. So people who work with me know I'm, I know how to be very succinct. Um, I don't write in long paragraphs. I actually don't even read long paragraphs. Um, but, uh, but then actually in the workforce, very early on, I remember writing a big report. And uh my it was the president of the college at the time had asked for my rough draft this is a strong memory it's a funny one too and rough draft well to me it's rough it's a rough draft <laughs> really putting the rough in the rough draft <laughs> what i didn't know was i actually want your final draft and then i'll i'll and so i remember sending a rough draft and it created a, a flurry of oh my gosh what have you done there's so much wrong here and it was a good learning moment when when an executive asks you for your draft to actually send them your final first note. Check that one. But two out of that, I aligned with um, a writer at the college. She was she ran the writing center, and I asked her 
I literally just went to her and I said, what can I pay you? Like, I want you to help me write better. And she was all in and she trained me for a year, every week for an hour. She trained me for a year. And uh, she was a phenomenal teacher. She has, has her PhD in critical writing. And that was a true story. So I, I think it's a good career lesson, right? Well, how do I learn how to do this better? Well, you go and you find how to do better. So because arguably it's harder to write more succinctly than it is to write a long paragraph. I think a lot of us, when we write our emails, sometimes we kind of like brain dump. We brain dump what it is and we yeah. write the way we think, but that shouldn't be the way it actually should go out. So it, again, it takes more effort to try to cut things out. But I mean, Patricia, you're a perfect mm -hmm. example. Just having that training, that knowledge, I'm sure your communications now is just a lot tighter. So Jen, do you have anything Super to say? The last words, the better, you know. Three sentences and I'm done. I like, <laughs> if it can't be done in a few words. I had some of both. You know, I, I uh, over the years, there's some natural affinity that I have for it and enjoy it and like to do it and, and was drawn that marketing part of me always liked it. But I can tell you, young, young in my career, I spent many years at large public, publicly traded businesses at fairly mm -hmm. senior level positions, like vice president level, global operation responsibilities, reporting to an executive member. And these are companies at GE or at Dell Tech. And I did learn, and I was young, but communication there is built into those companies deeply. Mm -hmm there are strong cadences of meetings and expectations and fortune 500 executives, the communication bar is very high. The yeah. uh, CFOs, the CEOs at GE, you didn't go in without mm -hmm. being ultra clear, direct to the point, mm -hmm. getting to impact all your background and how you got there in the morning is not a part of a, quarterly business review at GE. That might happen while you're having coffee, but when it starts, it starts. Mm -hmm. So I learned like, hey, through the work, takes work to be able to go in and be well-prepared, crystal clear, not ambiguous, not overexcited and not under, well, you know, to, to find your way. But when you do that every month, every quarter, every month, every quarter mm -hmm. over years for me, then that ability to say, we're just going to hone in on the salient points and we're going to get that down and we're going to get that out and we're going to focus in on it became something of a skill, but it takes constant work, but it is, there's no doubt, even if there's other skills to, to develop, developing quality communication skills for all of these different settings for different audiences is a modern requirement for career success. There's no way to be successful if you can't communicate well in these various situations. And the higher you go up, the bar is only getting higher, not less. People often mm -hmm. think that, like even a CEO, I spend time every day and I think through, what am I going to communicate to all employees today? The gone are the days of writers, they're gonna protect it, we're gonna do an email, I'm gonna have, no, 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 we have, real-time teams, like I think about what is today's message is going to be? Mm -hmm. What are the messages going to be to the exec team every day, every day? What are we going to communicate? It's intentional. It takes work. I plan it in my calendar. Unlike many people, I plan it in, I'll block it off. It says, this is communication time. 
to block off and do it. it. Even if I'm good at it, it still takes work, effort, and thinking. The higher up you go, mm-hmm. like you said, the more important communications is. You know, sometimes I tell people, and this is a very general statement, but in early on in your career, yes, your your job is really maybe to do more of the technical work. You are just doing the work, but the higher up you go, your communication now changes to motivate, to inspire. Absolutely. Are people going to listen to you if your your communications is mumbled? So, I, I mean, I share my own personal experience. So, like I mentioned earlier, communications was not something I was good at. In fact, I used to be the kind of person to just speak really fast because I was nervous all the time. Like that was me. You talk to me, and I'm like, oh my god, get this over with. Like I don't want to be put right. on the spot. But then I realized that I was focusing too much on myself and my feelings. I had to just change the way I thought to be like, you know what? People are engaging with me. What can I share with them that will benefit them? It's almost like I'm rewiring my approach to think, how can I help them? What kind of information I can give them? So therefore, I'm not really thinking about myself, my nervous my nervousness anymore. I'm thinking about how I can add value to other people. And actually that that rewiring in my brain really transformed a lot of the almost I I don't say eliminate, but it really just kind of changed the way I thought about communications. It's not about me. It's really about other people. How can I showcase and help other people? So yeah, that's such a mature moment. You probably really like you made a choice really to to make that step like let me think of this differently. And that that takes um, that takes strength to to make that change. We I definitely work with teammates uh, who who do speak really fast or present really fast because they want to get it over with or they're nervous. There's so many reasons for it. And um, realizing that when you're speaking, you're literally hearing yourself faster um, or slower than other people. Like you actually need to really slow down mm-hmm. because you are hearing yourself differently. So that's, that's been something I've learned over time is pausing, taking time. It's okay. Rather than jumping into something. So, you know, that's, a, that's a big skill. You just hit on really a big skill. It takes time to develop. So I think Patricia and I somewhat do it naturally, but I can see the people around us don't. It's a lot of effort is thinking about how you communicate and what you communicate really does change based on the audience, even Mm -hmm. if it's the same topic. Mm -hmm. And when you can do that internally adapt for this group, I am going to share how we got here and why at this moment. But for this group, I'm not. I'm just going to get to the point. We got 30 minutes. The decision needs to be made. For this group, I'll set up some context. This is engineering, the engineering group. They don't want to know about all that, but they they need incredible detail. And to be able to navigate your communication style for these different groups, uh, are that's an amazing skill to develop, to practice, to learn, and to get coaching on, mm-hmm. you know, getting coaching and help, like, internally mentors externally folks like yourself but there's uh it's worth investing in developing that skill you know again the more you go up the different audiences you're going to have new employees started there but they've been here a week you're bored totally different there's these are two different worlds two different audiences Uh, speaking of coaching, I see Kristen here. Kristen is awesome. I know she's with 3E. And actually, Kristen, wow. I'm going to say something and you might resonate with this. 
So one of the things I always teach is this racing brain syndrome. And this is when you talk too fast, the reason why is because you're, you're mumbling your thoughts when you're talking faster than your brain can catch up, right? So you're just like throwing words. And I, I see Kristen's name here because this is something I've worked with Kristen on. It's just like, okay, how do you think about calming down and making sure your brain is matching the speed of your talking, right? It has to match. Otherwise, one's going faster than the other. And then that's when things just don't make sense anymore. You know, you're just mumbling and hurling things out. So that's my typing. <laughs> that's true, actually. Sometimes my typing, I- my mind and my typing skills are not connected. <laughs> <laughs> you just go, right? And it's like, oh God, why did I say that? And then you're just like editing, editing, editing. Um, so one of the things that I wanted to kind of pivot now, by the way, we have over close to 90 folks who are on this right now. So thank you all for joining. We are talking about skills for career success right now. So we've been talking extensively about communications. And I mean, I can talk about this for days. Obviously, communications is what we do at Soulcast Media. But I want to also expand what mm-hmm. other skills can we think about what other skills can some can like for me if i'm just watching right now and i'm like you know what i do want to up level i i get communications is one of them and of course mm-hmm. check out soulcast media we have all the resources there for you if you're interested but communications what else what else do you think can really help somebody increase their value at work what are some of the things that you have seen perhaps within your organization, maybe those like stellar employees, like what is it that they do that really helps them stand out other than communications, which we know is yep. number one. Number one. Number Go one. ahead, Jim. I have my two. I have the two others that I thought about. So the second one is a modern take on, on things. I'm, I'm going to call it intentional learning. Mm-hmm. So you're used to hearing sign up for a project, raise your hand. These are, they're still true, you should do it. Mm-hmm. What I've learned um, is that there's two, other than communication, there's this next group of people. No matter what job we have, no matter what level, everything will change. There will be new yeah. tools, new ways, new data, new things. And people, those who say, I know how to learn, that's a skill. Like I, Patricia will tell you, like I am an avid learner all the time and i fear someone else is going to go to this meeting and they're going to like know everything about the subject and i'm not going to be like i don't like to be in that position there's always learning like i i did watch this documentary on elon musk he started spacex he said he became a rocket scientist and that blew me away it's like he he didn't like hire someone he is a rocket scientist himself so i'm like we can learn. And he had a whole explanation on how he learned this. But I see every day, whatever it is we're doing, even at three, whatever we're doing today will change. It'll change next month, next quarter, next year. We will change the product. We will change the communication. And there's two groups. There's people who know how to learn these new skills, these new ways, these new models. They'll And they have a plan to learn themselves. How do they get themselves up to speed? I have my own methodology on how I come up to speed on topics. It's immensely different when you're working with people who move up that curve and those who don't. Those who, for the most part, ride what they know versus 
accelerating learning on anything that's happening. It's an, an incredible skill that separates people really, really well. Those who know how to learn and apply and those who are waiting for me to tell them everything they need to know. Yes, it actually reminds me of, you know, when you're talking to a manager, right? You don't want to just bring problems. You want to also bring solutions. And that also takes the same mentality. It's like, it's it's the critical thinking, really. I feel right. like we're touching upon here. It's mm -hmm. like, no manager wants to be it's like, because you're always going to have problems in the workplace. But it's like, I want you to tell me whenever you hit a, a, a bump on the road. But I also want you to tell me, A, what you've thought about it, and B, some solutions that we as a team can now discuss together, right? So it's also that growth mindset, essentially. Patricia. Yeah, I, I was going to mention the problem solving side of it. You know, one of three enrollments core values, um, our second pillar is problem solving, being problem solvers. And um, so, it, that, so that does dovetail to what you're saying, Jessica, is that the importance of problem solving, meaning that you're able to identify, so that's the critical thinking. First, is it really a problem, right? Mm -hmm. um, and two, the next step, how can I make this better? So it's it's an optimistic view of looking toward, toward something and trying to move it forward in a positive way. Um, that, that, I think, is a key identifier for someone who's on a, a good career trajectory, is literally identifying something that's really a problem that actually can have a better solution to it. And that, um, you know, that takes work outside of work. Um, it takes thinking, it takes a lot of processing. I do think the other part, um, just to, to step to this other kind of skill set, I think is super important. And it is, um, over, it's an overused term, so I'm sorry, but it's an important term. And that is being a team builder. Um, there, it is important. It is important to look look beyond the people to your right and your left. You're really looking to everyone in your organization. If you're working at a college, it's not just your silo. It's you're you're really building forward through developing your connections with everybody. So that's that's a hard part to do is how do you build connectivity across the team with everybody, every opportunity you get? To me, that is a, a big, mm. big difference between people who really want to advance in their career versus those who don't just want to do their thing. Right. Um, and that, that does take intention, intentionality for sure. It, it, that really resonates me because I work with a lot of folks who are brilliant, but they always have this kind of heads down mentality. And I always say, you know, you have to think about expanding, engaging yourself, working more cross collaboratively, but then they're like, but how or why? Right. Like well, I, I'm, I'm too busy. Really, I'm too busy. <laughs> right. But it's like, you know, you have to, and this kind of goes back to communications. You have to yeah, showcase your value. You know what you're good at, but do other people know what you're good at? Can you offer perhaps some of something that you're good at? So for example, let's say it's so easy for you to um, put together an Excel spreadsheet. I keep going back to Excel. I don't know why. Which is great because really I love Excel. As okay. I don't like Excel. Excel. <laughs> Perfect. 
let's say like if you're great at doing Excel and you know how to do it and you know maybe another team member really struggles, volunteering to help because you know it can take you 10 minutes, but it would take that person one hour to do, right? That is something that you can be of value to somebody that can really make a difference. Um, I saw one of the questions from somebody that I wanted to bring up, but Nitin is asking, you know, do you have examples of how do you build trust with others? And I actually have a perfect um, kind of thing to say about this. And so when I think about building trust with other people, I think about the word credibility. And building credibility is something that needs to be earned and re-earned all the time. It's not like suddenly you're credible, you're always credible, right? It's because things change. So when it comes to thinking about building credibility and trust, and I want to get both of your thoughts on this, when it comes to building credibility and trust, I think of it as two things. You have to continuously communicate the process, tell people what you're doing. That's part of building credibility to avoid surprises. And the other thing is action. Be very particular of what action you take. The things that you're doing at work, are they mission critical? Do they help elevate you, right? Not just doing what we call like office housework, right? So mm -hmm. I truly think when it comes to building credibility and trust, communicate your process, proactively communicate, but also be very clear about the work that you do and does it help you? So mm -hmm. Jim and Patricia, how do you think about the words like credibility and trust? I'm curious to get your thoughts on this. Can I go? So I'll start with the 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 deeper the deeper end there because mm -hmm. the, you have to ask yourself the real question of do you really do you really want that other person to be successful yeah forgetting all the tactics in the end we're human and we know are you their genuine genuine champion and even from a just a professional end, their friend. I don't mean, you know, we know friends can get a little fuzzy, but from are you genuinely forget all we can talk about the tactics to round it, but down deep, people do know and sense whether you are in their corner. True. Because if you really are, if you really are, so many good things will happen. You will have their back when they're not around. There's no question because it's genuine. Like you are out to protect them, help them and advance them because you care about their success. If that's real, these other things become things that you can naturally do. You can speak well of them when they're not around. You have to, you, you invest in learning what they're doing. One of the things I always did with the sales leader it took time and effort to know each other's jobs, to know each other's plans. And then in front of everyone, we would reverse roles. But it wasn't fake, like we had put in the time. People could see, they could see that these two, they were on the same page. And we weren't going to let our teams pull us apart, that we were more important than them. They knew it. And we would, I would do the sales update. They would do the marketing update, you know, for fun. Like we, and we, we were showing that we were a team as a model, but that team, that building happened long before the presentation moment. It, 
It was over dinner that we looked at the pipeline. It was over dinner that we looked at the roadmaps. It was over candid conversations when sales leader told me he didn't like these things that we did or didn't do. Like someone has to say this and me not get defensive. Marketing gets a lot of feedback. You have to have thick skin, you know, and, and, uh, but then I have to share with, you know, him what I thought his team wasn't doing. But in the end, we both knew we wanted each other to win and we didn't think we mm -hmm. could win without each other. Then the rest becomes more natural. But I would go inside. Do you really want the other person to be successful? And a lot of good things happen when you say yes to that. I see Arthur. Hey, Arthur. He's saying, yeah, people can see if you are trying to manufacture trust, right? right. Trust is something that has to be built deeply and it has to be mutual. Patricia, did you have something you wanted to add? Yeah, I think for uh, for the question itself is always an interesting question to me um, because I feel like the best way to start in any organization or any job you have is assuming everyone around you has really good intentions. Like I go in with that view that everyone has good intentions because we do bring our own baggage, honestly. Like we always bring our own baggage to every environment. Um, and it's hard to, to go into a new environment and at first just assume, assume everyone has the highest intentions and the highest integrity and look for that. Um, I will promise you, you'll rarely not trust people if you go in with that mindset. Um, and that becomes contagious as well. And high, high communication when things are off kilter and not feeling like that's a, a terrible thing. Like that's life, right? This is life. So work is life. I assume everyone has good intentions and that um, builds trust in itself. Right, right. You kind of go in with a glass half full mentality, right? And I think yeah, you can tell totally that. full mentality. <laughs> Completely full. Exactly. <laughs> you can start that way and then the water, you know, some of it will come off. There will be some people you feel like, oh my gosh, I guess I couldn't trust you. But that's all right. <laughs> that happens. It's life. It's okay. Yeah. I think one of the things with trust is, and I, I talk about this a lot with our Soulcast Media live audiences, so this may sound familiar or not, but, you know, building trust is also making sure that people aren't surprised all the time, right? Yeah, making sure you're cluing people in. Like I said, communicating the process, right? The worst thing you can do is not tell your manager about, about something. They find out they're unprepared for it. That's like career suicide in many ways, right? Yeah. You don't want your manager to look bad. So over communicating, like we talked about at the very beginning, exactly. is so important. Yeah, yeah there's nothing so most environment. You can text us. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Like it's uh, it's it's better to get the bad news over with as soon as you know it, because yep. then we can all we can work in most cases. If you have a bad manager, that's a bad situation. In most yeah. cases. It allows us to start doing what we want to do, which is solve for it, mm -hmm. solve for it and get that situation back on track and yeah. then deal with the underlying processes that caused it. But in most of the time, if you're working with a good team, we're not looking to blame people yeah. for things. We would rather know about it so we can work on it and we'll move forward. Yeah, no, it's so, so true. Liz is saying assume good intentions because that's powerful for teams so she completely agrees now 
Jim and Patricia, we've been chatting for over 50 minutes now. I feel like it's just flown by. Fast. I know, right? It's and I I mean, I'm sure people can tell we we love talking about skills, career, communications, mm -hmm. all these things. But you know, as we start to wrap up here, which to me I'm like, oh no, I feel like we can keep going on and on. But as we start to wrap up this topic of skills for career success, is there anything else that you both want to add to this? We've talked about communication. We've talked about learning, right? We've talked about, you know, just being a team player. Teamwork, that's good. Teamwork, right? Is there any other things, like, you know, for our audience, though, close to 90 of those who are still on right now, which is fantastic, you know, what can people walk away with as they, you know, finish listening to our conversation and they, you know, go back to their work, they're checking emails, they need to maybe write an email to their manager now, but how can people feel inspired to be like, okay, I'm going to try to be, the best employee I can be. Anything that you can think of that you'd want people to walk away with? Well, I, I've got one really important one, and then I'll let Jim uh, follow follow that. Um, yeah. So for my really great career advice is owning it. And what I mean by that is when you seriously make the decision to own it, own your day, own your, your schedule, own your priorities, and, and actually start talking like that when, you know, instead of I'm, I'm too busy, it's like, I actually say, I didn't make that a priority, like owning it, all of a sudden, you, you do start to feel like you have a lot more control over your career path. And every day, owning that every decision you make and taking full responsibility for it. Um, when I figured that out, which was in my late 20s, early 30s, it was total career changing for me. Instead yeah. of kind of being like, even like a victim, right? You're actually being the one that's controlling how things are going. Yeah, I feel this way, I am owning that. I yeah. love that. And that's a, that's a huge mentality shift, right? Again, a lot of people go into work thinking, my boss is going to throw me this. I just have to do that, right? But it's like, again, it's a mentality thing. Like, you know what? I can do it. I'm going to own it. It's going to be great, right? And, you yeah, and, and, and for the days that you don't own it and you don't do great, you, you move on to the next day and it starts new. And, and if things yeah. go bad, you proactively communicate, like we said. Right. <laughs> Jim, anything you want to add? Yeah, that's a big one. Patricia brought those 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 big ones. That one is one we've talked, we talk about a lot. I'll go back to the tactical something more practical. It says you're coming in every day. You want to be a good communicator, good team player, um, and you need to be an intentional learner. You can't advance far today in any job, which is I've learned the past four years up or two without being tech savvy. Yeah. You can't say that you are not, because I'm seeing, and I'll tell you, it doesn't matter your age. I can mm -hmm. say this across the board, young people, People have been around a long time. I've seen it where they've come in and our technology is past them and they can't do the work. It's mm. simply, you can't fit in anymore. And it doesn't matter. You say, well, oh, that's for a tech job. There are no jobs that technology is not capable. Even we were working with an events person and her Zoom skills were not good. I noticed it right away going, I'm not dealing with this. Yeah. I'm not dealing with this. I don't care how old you are. I, I need, you need to be able to run in today's world. 
we use crazy technology, but it doesn't matter. Every job you have to learn how to use for you, StreamYard. If you can't use it, you can't communicate like this. If you're a writer, the days of writing in Word docs for any professional, those are gone. You need to learn Adobe tools. You need to learn AWS. You need to learn how to run Zoom or Teams or Slack, but you can't not be competent in the tools of today in all of these jobs and whatever tools they are, they'll change. So you have to say, well, I'm willing to learn this next tool because it's going to keep changing. Mm -hmm. I tend to think it's exciting, but it is work to say you're tech savvy. I haven't seen any job today in any role that technology doesn't take a, take a, a place in it. And those who can embrace it, use it and excel in it, they move fast. Those mm -hmm. who can't, it's very obvious to everyone that they're struggling. Mm -hmm. So it's a good skill to have is to say, I am going to learn technology, even on my own, even on my own, I'm going to look at these tools and figure out how they work so that I can operate in them. And honestly, mm -hmm. if it's something that you have no idea, I mean, trust me, like YouTube has so many tutorials of like, how do you use Lots this? Of tutorials. <laughs> um, actually, there's this one question that just came in that I actually wanted to ask both of you before we jump off. So I do think this is actually quite an important question. It's from Masako. So she's asking us, how do you communicate with your manager when you are new to the organization, but you feel like you are a bit excluded? I thought that was actually a very interesting question. And let me actually share my advice to you, Misako. Thank you for your question. And then I want to throw it to Patricia and Jim. So, you know, I mean, first of all, I, that that feeling must be so terrible to feel like you're kind of excluded from the organization. And yeah, perhaps it's because you are new. But because you are new, I do feel that you actually have that on your side in the sense that you can mm -hmm. say to your manager, I still am trying to figure out, you know, our team dynamics. I still don't really understand A. I still don't really understand B. And by you actually communicating that you are wanting to learn, that you want to have her or him kind of almost bring you along, there's a lot more, I would say, yeah, space for that because you are new. But you have to, again, proactively communicate to your manager that you are eager to want to learn about the team, learn about this. And I think if you just kind of say that, assuming your manager is very supportive, they will see that you're will, you're wanting that and they'll bring you along with them. Mm -hmm. That's kind of my two cents on that question, Masako. And I, hopefully that will help. But Jim and Patricia, do you have any tips when it comes to you're new, but you feel a bit excluded from the rest of the team? How can this person kind of get in with the team? I'm looking at Jim to see if he's going to say something before we do. Well, I think that's great advice. I was going to say being um, uh, asking those questions so that you can learn. Uh, if you feel comfortable, there's a time when you can say, this is what I'm sensing. Is it uh, is it real? But my in-between step, my natural would be say, first, if you're remote, you're going to need to have this conversation over Zoom first, which is really just asking, how does the team operate in others? If you're physically together, or if you're not, you plan on being physically together and get out of the office. So I think it's good to take a walk and go get a cup of coffee. And what I find that when you do that is it doesn't need to be big plans and I have a dinner and all of the schedule. It could just be 
when you get someone outside that environment that I'm at a desk and you're there and we're communicating, mm -hmm. we just become people and it doesn't take a lot of time. I happen to like coffee, so I always suggest getting coffee, but whatever it is, is your thing could be, you know, Jamba juice or something, but you take a walk and you say, I'm new to this team. Tell me how it works. Tell me how you think about communication. And you ask those questions in, a, in an environment where the temperature is just a little lower, the person's a little less busy, yeah. and they're actually comfortable being themselves a little bit more. And you can see them. And by get, my guess is after 30 minutes of that, you're going to wind up most of the time feeling a better connection with that manager by just spending a little bit of time outside of the heat of meetings and moments. Yeah, that's good. I, I, I think that's really important. That's a really good point. Um, remembering that your manager is human is really, uh, really what you're saying, right? Your manager is human. Um, they're, they're not going to have all these skills we're talking about. Um, they're learning to, you can help them learn. And I think, um, not knowing the full situation, you also another way of feeling more included and more in the know is 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 raising your hand to take on a special project um, or raising your hand to contribute or or listen in on a project so you can add value, like showing you're actively interested in learning by doing more or getting some of the workload, um, getting involved in it outside of just your normal job and showing that interest will help the manager um, one, acknowledge you, and, and two, if you get involved in those projects, you'll learn really quickly what's going on. Fantastic advice. And as we kind of close up here, I just want to thank you, Jim and Patricia, for spending your afternoon with us and just talking about skills for career success. For those who don't already follow, um, please follow Jim and Patricia on LinkedIn. Follow their company, 3E Enrollment. Fantastic company. And I just want to say again, thank you all for the folks who watched, who stayed on. We have almost 70 of you all who stayed on the whole time, which is fantastic. So we're just so great and honored. Um, if you are not connected with me, please connect with me on LinkedIn. But hopefully everybody was able to enjoy this session, walked away with some tips. If you forgot some of the things we talked about, don't worry. Check out our VIP communications pass because we kind of do a nice summary of everything. So Jim, Patricia, Thank you so much for your Thank time. You, Jessica, so Thank much. you, Jessica, so much. Hi there. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you're inspired to begin improving your communications confidence, well, we'd love to help. Join our monthly communications membership where I teach a brand new communications workshop every single month. Or become a VIP member to access our best communications articles for life. Or maybe get one-on-one -on -one coaching with one of our board of communicators. We offer so many ways for you to learn, and it's all housed on our website, soulcastmedia.com. Check it out, and happy communicating.